Today is a day that God made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Live a worthy life. Shalom. Number 2006-23. A year with the Church Fathers. Pray when you read the Bible. Writing to Gregory, later known as St. Gregory, Wonder Worker, Origen, one of the first great Christian biblical scholars, urges him to study scripture and to pray when he studies. So, my son, apply yourself diligently to reading the sacred scriptures. Yes, I say apply yourself, for we who read things that belong to God need to apply ourselves a lot to keep from saying or thinking anything about them too recklessly. Apply yourself to studying the things of God, starting with assumptions that are pleasing to God. Then knock at his door, and the gatekeeper will open it. As Jesus says, to him the gatekeeper opens, John chapter 10, verses 3. And when you do apply yourself to the divine study, do it right. With unwavering trust in God, seek out the true meaning of the Holy Scriptures, which many have missed. And don't be satisfied with just knocking and seeking. Prayer is the single most indispensable thing if you want to know the things of God. That's why the Savior urged us to prayer. Not only did he say, knock, and it will be open to you, and seek, and you will find, but also ask, and it will be given to you. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Origin, letter to Gregory 3. In God's presence, consider, when I read scripture, do I read with a sincere intent to let the Holy Spirit guide me to understanding? Do I pray for that guidance? Closing prayer. Father, when I read your scripture, take away the sinful and wicked influence of my own earthly desires and let your light shine into my soul dispelling the surrounding darkness of sin through the year with Thomas Merton, self-fulfilling prophecy. For the poet, there is precisely no magic. There is only life in all its unpredictability and all its freedom. All magic is a ruthless venture in manipulation, a vicious circle, a self-fulfilling prophecy, raids on the unspeakable something deep. Individuality does not necessarily assert itself on the surface of everyday life. It will not be a matter of mere appearances or opinions or tastes or ways of doing things. It is something deep in the soul, new seeds of contemplation. Magnificat, June 2023. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, verses 43 through 48. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good, and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? 
Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Meditation of the day. The outpouring of light and water. The sublime indifference of the sun and the rain, shining and falling on all mankind indiscriminately, is not only an image of the universal divine generosity. The sun and rain are also portrayed as efficient means of God's goodness, tireless in its solitude for its creation. At first glance, we are probably impelled to admire the poetic beauty of this text, so penetrating in its semantic ruggedness and directness, it establishes a powerful analogy between the moral life of man and the natural, natural life of the cosmos. According to this view, the universal generosity of love to which Jesus is calling his disciples is like the unrestrained brilliance of the sun as it sheds its rays over all creation. When we love someone, we are like a sun bestowing the benefit of life or rain, drenching the parched land that it may give fruit. Behind both the Christian deed of goodness and the outpouring of light and water, there is the same agent at work, God the creator and bestower of life. Our love is the light and rain of God upon the world, especially on those who need it the most the bad and the unjust, who are the truly benighted and parched. There is more here than beautiful imagery. The Lord is establishing a continuity and harmony between the moral attitude in the heart of man and the objective laws that govern the laws of the cosmos. When we choose to love universally without private prejudice, We leave that illusory inner chamber where we create a puny world in keeping with our own mean ideas and begin discovering the real world created by God in his magnanimous wisdom. Learning how to love as God loves not only makes us his children in a purely interior sense, It is the gateway itself to our perception of the cosmos in all its glory and a participation in its mysterious life. Through universal love, we allow the full benefit of sun and rain to fall upon ourselves for the first time. God's Little Instruction Book, number one, two, and three by Honor Books. It's the golden nugget number one. Inspired by James chapter 3, verse 2. Our talks are often in first drafts. Lots of corrections necessary. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole bodily body. Golden nugget number 2 is inspired by Proverbs chapter 29, verses 23. Most of the shadows of this life are caused by standing in one's own sunshine. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. 
golden nugget number three, inspired by John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Death is not a period, but a comma in the story of life. Jesus said unto her, meaning Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Chesterson Day by Day There are two very curious things which a critic of life may observe. The first is the fact that there is one real difference between men and women. That women prefer to talk in twos, while men prefer to talk in threes. The second is that when you find, as you often do, three young cads and idiots going about together and getting drunk together every day, you generally find that one of the three cads and idiots is, for some extraordinary reason, not a cad and not an idiot. In those small groups devoted to a driveling dispensation, there is always, always one man who seems to have condescended to his company. One man who, while he can talk a foul trivality with his fellows, can also talk politics with a socialist or philosophy with a Catholic. Tremendous trifles. Reflection. St. Cyprian writes on immortality. If a famous man promised you something you would believe his promise and would not even dare to think that he who is always faithful to his word would deceive you. But behold, O treacherous one, God himself speaks to you and you are wavering with doubt. God has promised you immortality about your departure from this world. And do you impudently doubt this promise? This means you do not recognize God at all. It means by your unbelief, you insult Christ the Lord and teacher. Oh, how powerful is the faith, faith of the saints of God. How clear and understandable and well explained it is with simple and powerful examples. The unholy doubt, not because they are ostensibly more rational, but because they are unholy. The holier man is always the more rational, for in the clear mirror of his heart, he sees the truth. I was riding in a car the other day, and I, <clears throat> I heard something. It was, it was very interesting and very, very thought-provoking. So, so therefore, I've called this thought-provoking. Uh, see if you do not find it to be the case. We have been, uh, as human beings, uniquely created by God. For, for, for this, I'm sure we would all agree. Designed in such a manner as to be able to instruct and teach how to play many varied instruments and the reading of music. Just take a moment and consider all the many, many possibilities of learning and instruction that we have received ourselves. However, I know not how to instruct someone to whistle a specific tune. I mean, think about that. To whistle a specific tune. Indeed, we may be directed as to how whistling is accomplished by blowing in a certain manner and holding our lips just so. 
But how can one be directed to achieve certain notes? Ancient wisdom for today's world. Men have found many ways of torturing their wives. If the husband is a man who knows how to control himself, but his wife is bad, a backbiter, a gossip, and spendthrift, how will the poor man put up with such a proud, imprudent, and brutal character all his life? And if it happens the other way around, If the wife is modest and gentle, while he is a brute, spiteful and chloretic and ambitious for money or power and treats her like a slave, how will she be able to bear such slavery? And if he actually reaches the point of ignoring her completely with no such touch of remorse, the wife has two solutions, either to commit herself with all her energies to making him a better man or, if that's not possible, to endure bravely this ruthless struggle, this war without a truce. Perhaps the husband will separate from her against her will. In that case, St. Paul invites her to maintain continence. The wife should not separate from her husband, but if she does, let her remain single. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 11. Men have discovered so many ways of torturing their wives. It's sad. When the situation becomes intolerable, there is no alternative for the wife but to keep continence. John Chrysostom on Virginity, 40.